Hello, 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 and welcome to We The People Podcast. I am your host, Jay Conze. Uh, on Twitter, it's Meditation J. Instagram, Podcast We The People. On Facebook, We The People Podcast. We're here back again, episode 17. Episode 17, Who Are You? Who are you? Before we jump right into things, uh, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, this is We The People Podcast. I want to thank everyone for tapping in uh, to these elevated vibes. I appreciate all the support, the tons of emails uh, and messages, uh, you know, on various platforms. I want to thank you for taking the time to interact. Uh, This is a podcast that's... uh, Less about me and more about us, hence we, the people, exploring our understanding of ourselves through understanding uh, relationships that we have with institutions, individuals, friends, familial, uh, various concepts. Um, Just glad to be here, glad to be able to do it again. Uh, Holiday time and uh, end of the year time, which always often leads to reflection. Uh, and given that factor, it just wanted to really, really dive into this topic. Uh, I felt like it's long overdue. It's been long gestating. Uh, it's been touched on in different ways. But um, I just wanted to put out this opening salvo. I'm pretty sure we'll we'll dive further moving forward. Uh, but to give you a little background on myself, uh, as I said, my name is Jay Conze. I'm in the business of developing clinical trials. Uh, I also have a background in uh, executive staffing, headhunting, C-suite level, uh, as well as educational background in clinical mental health counseling and business development and organizational communication. Uh, That's enough about me. Uh, We're here, like I said, uh, very, very, very excited about this episode. Looking forward to bringing it to you. Uh, Yeah, so let's go. Uh, you know, who are you? Uh, it's the basic question. Uh, this is more, this is rooted in a couple of things. Uh, you know, it's based on the existential question of what does life mean in particular in your life or our lives, or why are we here? Uh, you know, that's a fundamental part of understanding who you are. You know, we're driven by meaning. We need to know Uh, it's in our nature as people. Uh, We're driven by the meaning, the desire by the we're driven by meaning, just the desire to know Uh, why we seek fame or gravitate towards those who possess fame isn't out of just like some mindless idolization or just looking up to them. It's because it's an easier way for us to clarify meaning, Uh, you know. Like uh, large figures, whether it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Kobe Bryant, we know exactly what they mean because there's a collective understanding. So we don't have to rely just on ourselves to figure out. It's very easy to understand uh, their value or their meaning. Um, So that's what it is. It's really about clarifying meaning. Um, And it's so easy to quantify their lives I mean, because of, you know, just the collective value articulated it, like I said, Um, whether it's Kobe, Ruth Bader Ginsburg or John Lewis, not to 
equate their significance, uh, you know, politically or culturally. It's more in terms of our understanding of their value. Um, you know, it's so much harder uh, to truly grasp, you know, what the smaller, quieter stories, our personal lives, what they really mean, absence of like the consensus masses giving us information. It's really for us to figure out. Uh, these questions are harder because it takes so much of ourselves to answer them. And we don't really have as much help in answering this question. Uh, you know, at the core of who we are is understanding past traumas, of course. Uh, what we've experienced, overcome, and really continued to be afflicted by. Uh, you know, it, it's not it's not exclusively uh, the perspective where we're kind of defined or your past lets you know where you're going or... Sometimes we look to the past for answers because, like I said, on the very granular individual level, it's very difficult to understand who we are. So we look for any type of clues and, and aids. And sometimes people turn to the people that raised them to try to identify who they are. That can really only tell you who you come from. And who you come from is not always who you are. It's an understanding of why you may be on the specific journey that you're on, but it doesn't define your destination. It just simply explains attributes or characteristics or perspective. And these are things that we can readily change uh, once, be, once we become aware of them. You know, I always had a problem with uh, the perspective that we're just like a product of our environment. Uh, I wouldn't say we're a product of our environment, but we are produced by our environment. You know, at the core of who we are is the understanding of past traumas. We talked about that uh, just a bit. But, you know, we are products of the people who, no matter how great or flawed we perceive them, they pass on unprocessed trauma as we will to, you know, our children or the next generation. Uh, you know, the key here is what made you that's not what makes you who you are that's in our power to shape if we can understand that we if we can understand then we can transcend our experiences and the emotions which we have bound to them you know we're not we attach a feeling to something but we seem to forget that this isn't involuntary uh you know i used to struggle with the concept where People used to say, oh, you made me mad. And looking at it from my perspective, I always felt like, you know, no one can make you mad. They can give you a valid reason to choose to be angry, but ultimately it's a choice. Um, an example I would always use would be if, you know, uh, being a New Yorker, let's say, on the train, you know, different people, someone can call someone an asshole, uh, and the other person, you know, jumps up in his confrontation, his conflict. Uh, they made them upset. They triggered them. I'm not diminishing the fact that people can't be triggered. However, there is a level of voluntary participation if, in being triggered. Um, and it's like sometimes you'd see uh, someone call someone an asshole and they would just smirk and shrug, uh, you know. So it's not like this immediate switch you can flip there's also a part that requires us to recognize and participate in this. 
um you know it's just a, a good point and perspective to hold when we really look at who we are um you know this awareness of of our emotions and our experiences uh you know it's gonna have an extreme uh you know implications on our professional and our personal lives uh you know once we're done with all this um you know we're left with the most powerful thing which is purpose so you take a look at your past experiences and your trauma and you understand them however if you're never able to tie them or your actions or your directions or your motivation to a purpose uh you know you'll have a lot of cognitive dissonance you know it's it's a, it's an example or a perspective i've used um i've had different conversations with people um where they feel you know hey i really need someone to invest in me or focus on myself to know who i am uh the beauty of purpose is that it frees you from that it frees you from the notions of what you need to understand who you are uh once you can attach your ex past experiences and trauma and put some distance between the emotions and identify your purpose that correlates to that what it really does is uh you know it frees you uh you know you're able to fill yourself because we all need to be poured into um and that's true and that's very relevant and it's powerful we do everyone has a point in time or certain things that we need poured into ourselves um you know and we think that's how we learn and that's how we grow uh the profound impact of knowing who you are and understanding because you can know who you are and have an understanding of your past, you know, traumas. But when you can tie that to your purpose, that gives you the ability to move forward, not just understand the past. That's why there's where you come from and who you are and who you are has a fundamental connection to where you're going and you need purpose to get there. So you have to understand your past traumas, but you also have to tie that understanding to a purpose that's not solely rooted in an emotion. Because when you root it in an emotion, it becomes more or it becomes a little it becomes too completely focused on the self. And anything that is just for you, while it's directed at you and you think it's for your growth, ultimately it will limit your growth. Uh, so the beauty of tying your past traumas to your purpose in order to understand who you are and who you wish to become is that it allows you it frees you from this need to validate or to confirm things for yourself because you know it now so then you're allowed to pour into others and still grow and what that does is that produces an environment that produces a much more conducive environment to you understanding yourself and allowing others to understand themselves because when we can understand ourselves it empowers us to move through and navigate in a space in a society in a beautiful way but the next level of it is when we create an environment where others can understand themselves it becomes truly powerful because we're now dealing with a more authentic world where we need less guard to survive less defense mechanisms and we can communicate more honestly and transparently with others because that's how they are in turn communicating with themselves it's really it's really something that can reshape your existence without changing your environment 
Um, you know, that's the power of, of knowledge of self. And I don't want to diminish the fact or make it sound like it's a bed of roses. Uh, you know, we cannot fundamentally learn things about ourselves or get the deep contextual understanding of our soul and the nature of our character and what motivates us absence of adversity. Um, and in a large part, we are a people or a society that have become ad averse to adversity. Um, adversity can be advantageous. People have gotten frustrated when I've said that, particularly clients. The reason being uh, that, I, that I say that is something that's pretty clear as day when you word it differently. Adversity is not always a bad thing. Uh, at the end of the day, adversity requires you to grow. Like uh, for you to watch a great NBA Finals performance, there has to be um, some adversity on both sides. Some teams had to, one team had to win, the other team had to lose back and forth. That's how you get to a game seven with one second on the clock. The beautiful moments, the triumphant, transcendent moments are created by a shared adversity. You know, the score is tied. That means you took a shot, we took a shot. They went back and forth. They battled it out. They split games. So both teams had their fair share of losses. That's what sets the stage for this beautiful tran transcendent moment of human endeavor where we pe where we can where people really get to know what they're made of because we can think we'll act a certain way in a given scenario. We can think that we have it all together, but we don't know how much we have together until things unravel. Everyone has uh, a personal experience, or should I say everyone will have a personal experience where they have to do, where they have to stand on the ground while it unravels. Um, it's deathly frightening, uh, but ultimately it sets you with the perspective where you become fully aware of how much you can endure. Um, I always used the analogy with clients of swimming or drowning, I should say, uh, you know, drowning in and of itself. It's terrifying being submerged in water. It's, it's a certain level of infiniteness to it. Um, I remember seeing, uh, the film, the perfect storm or uh, the film Tsunami, just being the, the vastness of the ocean and just being submerged in water, even a pool, just drowning, having your lungs filled. Now, drowning is deathly terrifying, like I said. However, there's a valuable lesson in it that, you know, yes, drowning can kill you, but if you drown and survive, you're left with something that's very powerful. Um, yes, it scares you. It almost killed you. But now you know how long you can hold your breath. And in life, in other situations, that becomes an invaluable asset or resource. You know, it it's not to tie it to anything previously discussed, but um, knowing yourself revolves around an intimacy and it's very hard to know things. You, as a matter of fact, I don't think you can know something necessarily. You can have a belief, but knowing requires confirmation. So till you've been there and you've been in those situations, sometimes your beliefs could correct. You'll say, I'll never do this. You believe that's what you won't do, but until you do it, you can't know. 
So uh, strong belief is good. Strong faith is good. Um, and, you know, a lot of times you can be accurate, like you know what you're going to stand on. But it's a different thing from actually standing on it. Um, it's like self-defense. You know, we always say, you know, everybody has a gun, but everyone isn't a shooter. Not that I'm advocating any type of gun violence, but it's a perspective where you can have a mindset about something. But until you've had to put some action behind it, you have not fully committed to it. Um, and that, that that's something that's ultimately powerful about knowing yourself. You know, it, it's a question that requires so much of us that we can never answer it as early as we like. And a lot of times in life, we think we've answered that. And you can answer who you are. But uh, the annoyingly beautiful part of this journey uh, this human experience that's different from, uh, you know, most other species or, you know, class of mammals even, is that just because you know who you are at that point, it doesn't change. So, you know, the, the oxymoronical part is it's never a question that you can answer. It's a question that you keep having to ask because the answer is always shifting. Every day we grow and we interact, we become different people. Um, I point to a study, uh, don't quote me if I'm wrong, uh, but I believe it might have been the Pew Research Institute, but they said a lot of times uh, siblings who were more than four to five years apart had and had the same parents, grew up in the same household, had a markedly different experience. Uh, because in those five years, parents, just every day they go in and out of the household, uh, sometimes they go back to school or different things like that, but they change as people. So although people would expect you to have identical upbringings, uh, in many cases than not, you would have extremely different upbringings as the people bring as the people who are bringing you up change. So, you know, when you, the older sibling passed through that household and their parents were 29 years old, it was a completely different context to when the younger sibling passes through the household how they interact with the parents who are now 36 and 37 and whose perception has changed. Um, it's a markedly different place. Uh, you know, they tell you that time reveals all things. Uh, and I, I find that to be ultimately true, uh, just in the nature that uh, who we are is a constantly evolving concept. So it's not something that can be answered on a whim. But uh, it's something that we chase the answer, but we're never really going to find it. It's the pursuit that answers the question. Basically, to constantly be seeking. Um, and that's a very difficult proposition to put, uh, you know, a meaning driven person or group of people in where you're going to keep searching and. Uh, you can't find the best spot to find it. It literally appears when you're searching. It's like uh, video games, you know, like video video games when I was a kid. Uh, whether it's a glitch in the system, if you were to walk around a certain area and a coin or token didn't appear for you to claim, you'd have to walk it again. Um, it wasn't about being in the wrong location. It was about the timing. Um I've had uh, people who facilitated roles for me like mentors and uh, they would say things that resonated with me 
like uh, it may be your turn but it's not your time and it took me a long time to really wrap my head around a full uh, fuller understanding of that concept you know it's like when you've done all the things that you're supposed to to put yourself in a particular position to unlock what you believe will be the next level or clarity and and somehow you tie it to your identity but the reality is none of these things a job finances these are not who you are uh you know this is not who we are now our values or who we are can be reflected in these things but these things do not define who we are so uh to kind of jump back in and, and synthesize some of these points uh who you are is something that you may always question, but the question to those answers never come from where you're looking. They come from in the fact that you are looking. Uh, so you can do all the things that you're supposed to do to put yourself in a situation, in a position to capitalize, to unlock something that you will think helped that will help define your higher self or awaken something that you feel like you're missing. When you do everything you can and you maximize your potential to put yourself in a particular situation, whether it's personal, uh, whether it's romantic, whether it's professionally, you put yourself in a specific position and it doesn't work. It's not always a sign that you've done something wrong. You did everything for it to be your for when it's your turn for it to work out uh, so it may actually be your turn but it's not your time you might have to walk back around the same thing you did again just walk right back around till that token appears and I think too often we instead of staying on the path of discovering who we are when we don't see the answer readily available on that first go around because it's our turn we don't recognize that it's not our time so what we do is we scrap all the work that we've done and we question everything. So now we're not just asking who we are. We're asking what are we doing to become who we want to be, which is a whole other question and a lot more problematic. It starts with who you are. You can never become anything that you want without understanding your starting point. It's like a GPS on a phone. If you don't have a location, a from location, it's very diff you, you cannot navigate to any location. Uh, so that's the danger that we have to be mindful of is that it can be your turn, but not your time. And who you are is not always rooted in the what, but is also defined by the when. So we have to work in a constant awareness of both elements, the what and the when. I just wanted to leave that, let that sit there, let that really soak in uh, because it's a powerful piece of unlocking who you are. You know, we have the connection to purpose, the connection to past trauma and understanding time. After you connect all those dots, you still come to that point, to that, that 
that river in between the two pieces of land where you may have done everything to cross when you expected to arrive. And it's, it may be your turn, but it is not your time. Um, so that's a, a powerful, powerful lesson that can resonate and really give us perspective. And, you know, that ties back to sometimes the greatest action is inaction because we have this zeal, this need to do something different because we need that meaning. Um, and sometimes us getting that meaning that we need, as I said, it's part of the journey. It's in the waiting, not in the result. Um, I always talk about uh, the perfecting process. A lot of people strive and seek perfection. And I find it very irrational to judge yourself on an outcome that you have uh, you don't have the proper amount of control over it to really be able to take full ownership of the result. Uh, like studying, let's say it's a class where it's more subjective and you do a paper, that professor still has to grade that paper. It's based on their perspective and inclinations. It's not arithmetic, right and wrong. Let's say it's something like a historical paper with short-term answer prompts. So you are putting what you believe is your best information from what you've gathered and collected for this one exam, you, but you're, and you're trying to appeal to another person's perspective that you may not be fully aware of, that may interact with some of their previous uh, experience or beliefs. So you're judging yourself on a process that you don't have adequate control over to ensure the outcome. Uh, it's not to say you're not responsible for studying hard, but that's a whole different paradigm. Now, the issue here is a lot of times people, if you don't receive the result, you will question your process. That goes back to the because you didn't get the answer when you were looking for it or the type of answer you were looking for. You're questioning what you're doing. Question. You can question who you are, but do not question your process. Perfection comes in the process. What I've learned is a much more reasonable approach to pursuing excellence or perfection is to you can control the process, the studying, the preparation, trying to understand things. That's where the perfection is. That's where you find out who you are. That's great. That grade on that test. That's how you're evaluated. That's not who you are. Your process for preparing, if you replicate it consistently enough and you're transparent and fully engaged and present in it, it will tell you who you are. Even if you don't get the result you want, it can tell you that, hey, when I study well, I maybe I may not be the best test taker, but it will tell you who you are. And sometimes it will do that independent of giving you the results that you want. That's all I got for you all today. Um, I really want to thank everyone for tapping in and getting with these elevated vibes. I really appreciate it and look forward to doing this again. Uh, who who are you? Uh, most powerful question we'll ever ask ourselves and the most pain and head bumping we'll go through to try to understand what the answer even would look like when it presents itself. We the People Podcast. Stay uplifted. Peace. Thank mm -hmm. you.